it 2020 yet? Trump and Biden sure seem to think so. And what if a foreign adversary offers to meddle in the next election? Trump says, I'll take a look. And is socialism a bad word now for Democrats? This is the state of America. Today, he took criticisms of Biden to a whole new level, throwing punch after punch. I think he's the weakest mentally. Obama took him off the trash heap. He's even slower than he used to be. I have absolute power. No, you don't, Donald Trump. Also breaking overnight, the American president essentially invited Russia and any other foreign intelligence service that feels like it to attack the 2020 election. Somebody comes up and says, hey, I have information on your opponent. Do you call the FBI? It's a very sad thing that he does not know right from wrong. Hello, everyone. I'm Kate Baldwin in New York. To our viewers watching around the world, this is State of America. Are we living in June of 2019 or have we fast forwarded to October 2020? Here is why I ask. The Democratic frontrunner Joe Biden and the incumbent president Donald Trump went head to head this week for the first time in the key early voting state of Iowa, from Ottumwa to Davenport. Look, I, I believe that the president is literally an existential threat to America. To Council Bluffs and West Des Moines. I'd rather run against, I think, Biden than anybody. Uh, I think he's the weakest mentally. The names of these towns I'm listing off may not be familiar, but the clear and familiar sense you get from these high-profile stops, Donald Trump sees Joe Biden as his biggest threat, and Joe Biden is more than happy to oblige. Quote from Donald Trump. I have absolute power. No, you don't, Donald Trump. Or only I can fix it. Fix yourself first, Donald Trump. You see that with Biden, we would never be treated with respect because people don't respect him, even if the people that he's running against, they're saying, where is he? What happened? He makes his stance in Iowa once every two weeks, and then he mentions my name 74 times in one speech. Both men are running as if there wasn't a 23-person Democratic primary still underway, instead running as if they are already one-on-one, head-to-head. If you look at the most recent CNN polling, the numbers at this moment suggest they are not wrong. Just look at Iowa. Biden remains in the lead there, but it is also very important to remember that it is still June of 2019 and light years away from voting day November 2020. The first primary contests, which start with the Iowa caucuses, are still more than seven months away. So then I ask, is this strategy crazy or genius for Joe Biden to already be looking past the Democratic primary? It might be a little of both. This is the calling card of Joe Biden's campaign to Democrats in the primary. It is, look at how I can stand toe-to-toe with Donald Trump. Look at how I am unafraid to take him on. But, Kate, I will just, I will say... Joe Biden's approach today is going to reignite an ongoing debate inside the Democratic Party since November 2016. Is this kind of tough talk about President Trump the right way to take on Donald Trump? I am not sure Democrats are agreed that it is. One Democrat who predicted Donald Trump was going to win in 2016 and a Democrat representing a key state Trump won in 2016 says this is not the message voters want to want come 2020. I think the American people are, are 
are tired of all this name calling. I think there's name calling on both sides. I think they want to see us talk about things that matter to them. So that is one debate going on within the Democratic Party. Another debate still raging is over one word, socialism. Bernie Sanders, a self-proclaimed Democratic Socialist, laid out in a major speech this week his biggest defense yet of this worldview. I and other progressives will face massive attacks from those who attempt to use the word socialism as a slur. They may hate democratic socialism because it benefits working people, but they absolutely love corporate socialism that enriches Trump and other billionaires. But that is not how all Democratic candidates view it. The more moderate former governor, John Hickenlooper, is now trying to actually gain traction by running on the other side of this debate as a proudly Democratic capitalist. Sanders said clearly on Wednesday that the goal of his complete agenda is to make the United States of America into a democratic socialist country. The urgency now is even greater than before. Democrats must say loudly and clearly that we are not socialists. Uh, If we do not, we will end up helping to reelect the worst president in this country's history. Someone who is more than happy to see this debate taking place, you might have guessed it, President Trump, who would love nothing more than to label the entire Democratic field as socialist. More than 100 Democrats in Congress have signed up for the Bernie Sanders government takeover of health care. Democrats also support the $100 trillion Green New Deal. How about that beauty? The Green New Deal. The Democrat Party is really now the Socialist Party. So that is yet another debate. And speaking of debates, the field is set for the first big face-off of the 2020 Democratic primary. The first debates are set for the end of this month. And though there are 23 Democrats running, per the rules set by the Democratic National Committee, only 20 Democrats will be taking the stage. The big names are all in, and even some not-so-big names made the cut. The debates are coming up in about two weeks. Yes. Uh, well, that it must be an interesting moment to actually get out there and be able to talk about your position with some of your other uh, competition. It is because uh, this is a moment, especially for someone like me from a state that's a little smaller in the middle of the country, for me to tell people what I'm all about, uh, that I think we need to bring uh, the heart back to American politics. Three three candidates did not make the stage. Montana Governor Steve Bullock, who was clearly hampered by his very late entry into the race. Wayne Messam, he's a mayor in Florida. And Massachusetts Congressman Seth Moulton. Conventional wisdom is, you don't make the debate stage, you don't have a chance at the nomination. But Moulton argues, at least, when it comes to this very first round of debate, he isn't giving up. No, I'm not going to make the first debate, but I knew that getting in so late. Uh, but I think that's okay, uh, that there's this first debate's going to have 20 people. Uh, folks are barely going to get a chance to, to speak. And maybe the biggest news of the 2020 election this week, something that there shouldn't be debate about at all anymore, especially now. Foreign, foreign interference in the American elections. It's still not okay, in case you were wondering, but it's now very clear that the president of the United States does not understand that or does not care, or maybe something in between. I don't know at this point. Here in an interview with ABC News from the Oval Office, sitting at the Resolute desk, no less. Listen. 
If somebody called from a country, Norway, we have information on your opponent. Oh, I think I'd want to hear it. You want that kind of interference in our elections? It's not an interference. They have information. I think I'd take it. If I thought there was something wrong, I'd go maybe to the FBI. Now, if you were thinking you may have heard something like this somewhere before, you have. Russia, if you're listening, I hope you're able to find the 30,000 emails that are missing. Here's the big difference. That was Donald Trump, a private citizen running for president in 2016. Now we are talking about President Trump saying essentially the same thing. The president of the United States should know better. This is dangerous. So if you have not already, buckle up, friends, because 2020 literally just still getting started. And this is what we have coming up. Think of this. This time four years ago, President Trump was literally just announcing that he was running for president. Remember the escalator ride? Fast forward to today, some candidates are acting like we are already past the primary and on to the general. Is that a winning strategy or could it really backfire? Panel's next. still a 23-person field vying for the Democratic nomination for president. The way it works, as a reminder, is you have to win the nomination of your party before you get the chance to run in the general election to actually win the presidency. Now that we've gotten that, that can be a very long and brutal, grueling process, as we know, no matter what party you're talking about. Look no further than what we saw play out in both parties in 2016. But are Democrats trying something new this time? A novel idea of one Democrat in particular, Joe Biden, completely bypassing the primary, not talking about his opponents at all and only talking about President Trump. Crazy or genius? The panel tonight, both crazy and genius, my panel. <laughs> Jackie Kucinich, CNN political analyst, Washington bureau chief for the Daily Beast. Basil Smichel is a Democratic strategist, former executive director of the New York State Democratic Party. Harry Enton, senior writer and analyst for CNN politics. And Doug Heise, a CNN political commentator and former communications director for the Republican National Committee. Okay, Jackie, as a strategy coming from Biden, right. crazy or genius? It, it seemed to play well for him this week because it really, it, it, he got all the press coverage. Yep. There was he avoided nowhere, the cattle call. He avoided the cattle week. call and he was able to have it all to himself. His, I think he might be one of the first candidates to have his speech carried live by, in its entirety by networks. I don't know how many did it, yeah. but I know, I know a couple did. Yeah. So that, that in and of itself is attention that you can't pay for. So in, in that way, yeah. But it also, at the same time, it, it pitted him against Trump in a way that might not be that flattering because you had the two sniping at each other mm-hmm. all day long. And maybe at this early stage, some Democrat, Basil could speak to this better yeah. than I could, Democrats are going to like it that they're taking it to him. But I think it gets old. That is really my question for you, but yes. hold it, because okay. first, Doug, for, no, go Trump, there, go there. for Trump, <laughs> that he basically is only talking about Biden. We know internally his campaign has advised him to not, but for Trump, crazy or genius? Um, maybe a bit of both. I mean, as everything with Donald Trump, there is some genius there and there is definitely some crazy there. But look, Biden or excuse me, Trump likes to find enemies and then go after them. Ceaselessly. It's what drives him. It's He's what not... gets him excited is finding one enemy target. Yeah, and, and with the exception of his previous comments and jokes about Elizabeth Warren, he's not going to do that about Eric Swalwell or, you know, a, a Amy Klobuchar. It's just not going to happen. Biden is a big target and Trump's going to go after a big target. And to Jackie's point, I hear over and over a little a shade of Jackie's point. I hear over <laughs> and over, Basil, that the best thing that could happen to any Democrat running in the race is to get attacked by Donald Trump. 
Do you think that is the case? Not necessarily, but I think in Joe Biden's case, this is exactly what he wants. And the truth is, he's being bolstered, if you will, by uh, Democratic nostalgia. There are a lot of Democrats that feel he's the guy to go after Trump because he can take it right to him. And I agree with you. It will get old Mm -hmm. very quickly because, number one, what new policies are you rolling out when all of your opponents in this on this primary stage, particularly Elizabeth Warren, are rolling out great policy? And if soundbite after soundbite that is replayed of you, even if you roll out a policy, is sniping at Trump. Yeah, that's 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 going to get lost on voters very quickly. And, you know, again, what new are you what new are you coming out with? And also, how many times is he going to have to respond to things like the Hyde Amendment and provide context for things that he's done over the last 25 years? So he can try to stay above the fray, essentially, and go after Trump. But he's still going to be brought back down, if you will, Mm -hmm. to sort of answer some of these questions and engage his opponents. Harry, is there polling that tells us one way or another if this kind of if a strategy like this works or even on just like the sniping back and forth? Is that what, let's say, Iowa voters want to be seen? What we know from the polling is that electability is more important this year than in any prior cycle at least dating back to 2000. And if yeah. you can prove that you can take it to the president of the United States, then that will bolster your That's case. That's a quality that voters are liking. That is the quality that voters are and liking. And for international viewers, electability in D.C., Washington experience specifically, that is, I would, tell me if I'm wrong, no. I would argue that this cycle, that is unique. Being a creature of D.C. is typically not something that you promote on your resume. That's exactly right. More so than in any year that I remember saying that you have experience, you have D.C. experience, your ability to work with Republicans, mm-hmm. all of these things that normally very much go against sort of the flow and you don't necessarily want in a Democratic primary where you're trying to out-liberal everybody. Joe Biden wants to... Uh, rise above the fray, wants to prove that he has this D.C. experience and wants to be able to defeat Donald Trump. Very important point you made about this working with Republicans, because remember yeah. when he did talk about, I want to work across the aisle, yes. a lot of voters bristled at that they because did. they feel in many ways that Republicans are enablers and not collaborators with respect to Donald Trump and with respect to um, actually putting good policy on the ground. So I wonder if people, uh, voters are going to actually look past the primary to the general, or will that really matter in a general election when you're trying to move, you know, create a lot of momentum? It's such a new ball game when they get to the general. Yeah. Everyone uh, has clarity in what they believe, it seems. <laughs> we all but come first, together. We all exactly, come together. Yeah, sure. Look at 2016, everybody. Okay, wait, really quick before we have to go to break. I do want to get, since the lineup for the first debate was just announced, it's a lineup, it's two nights, just so everyone knows, at the end of this month, and the way the rules are, 10 Democrats in the first night, 10 Democrats and the second night, and they are chosen at random. And you're seeing the list on your screen of night one and night two. Anyone can grab at this. Because there are 20 people on this stage, is there a winner... Is there a loser in terms of their random selection of placement? I, I would argue, I know this is something that's been going on in the Twitter sphere. I would say Elizabeth Warren is a loser because how many people are actually going to tune into that night one performance where she's on the stage with but all I these other people? I know yeah, Jackie wants to take that. That's like, go. I'll take the other side, that she's a winner because she's a lot with a lot of people that aren't going to be any contention for her. It's a, it's a moment for she's her to shine. She's the front runner on that stage. On that stage, if anyone watches. That's the problem. <laughs> Quick. Counterintuitive. Steve Bullock. Some people will have to drop out if they don't perform well if you're at 1% or 2%. Yep. Being out of this may be a good thing for him for Steve now. Steve Bullock is one of the three that did not make the debate stage. Stand by. You get the first question. Next. Coming up, President Trump says an offer of dirt on a political opponent. Sure, I'll take a look. Then he tries to walk it back. Outrageous. Uh, don't take him seriously. He didn't mean it. It's hard to actually know where Republicans are on this because so few of them are talking. That's next. Corn.
not an interference. They have information. I think I'd take it. If I thought there was something wrong, I'd go maybe to the FBI. If I thought there was something wrong. But when somebody comes up with oppo research, right? They come up with oppo research. Oh, let's call the FBI. The FBI doesn't have enough agents to take care of it. And of course you have to look at it because if you don't look at it, you're not going to know if it's bad. How are you going to know if it's bad? But of course you give it to the FBI or report it to the attorney general. That is President Trump. That is less a shot in a chase or more like a spill and a cleanup on aisle Trump. Thank you, Harry. His comments so startling that it led to the head of the federal agency that oversees elections to issue a statement. And here is the quote. Let me make something 100 percent clear to the American public and anyone running for public office. It is illegal for any person to solicit, accept or receive anything of value from a foreign nation in connection with a U.S. election. This is not a novel concept. A men. Basil. But when she tweeted out her statement, her opening line of that tweet probably actually said even more. Quote, I would not have thought that I needed to say this. Mm-hmm. Did Donald Trump clear this up, though? Am I being too, am I being too aggressive here? Not at all, uh, quite frankly. And to be honest, personally, I had often been on the fence about impeachment. That statement made me come to the other side and say, we need really? to go through this process. Absolutely. Mostly because of accountability. Like, I don't think that the Senate's ever going to convict him. But I do believe that the president does things like this because he doesn't feel that there's any consequence. And if the Democrats at least tap into some of the emotional uh, uh, fervor that, uh, among the electorate, they want, if nothing else, somebody to hold him accountable. And that actually pushed me to the side of saying that he should be impeached. That is interesting. But, Doug, where are all of the it seems straightforward here mm-hmm. where what side of this to be on? Where are all of the freedom-loving, rush-I'll-stick-it-to-you lawmakers, specifically Republicans, on this? Because we we have seen in the last month Republicans stand up and break with the president, but save a few really crickets on this. Yeah, I I think part of that is is Republicans feel that they can distance themselves from Trump on policy. But when it's something that is so Trump-specific, and this is, unfortunately... Uh, they tend to they tend to not want to talk about it because Donald Trump still remains, you know, it's super high. May approval. I argue that does not make it okay? And I know you're not saying that right. it makes it okay, but I I think. But you're... it's not just the high approval rating; it's the high intensity with it. These are people who don't like Donald Trump. They really love Donald Trump, mm-hmm. and if you cross him or even investigate him, I say this from North Carolina, haven't worked for Richard Burr. Right. Nine months into the investigation, Republicans back home were saying this has gone on too far. When. <laughs> So, when these so investigations the last for years and years and <laughs> exactly. years. Does this, Harry, fit into a category of this is baked in into uh, Trump's sure. numbers? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it is certainly baked into Trump's numbers. But why do it? Because I mean, this, it, comes it, after, this comes after, you know, Helsinki. This comes after other it, moments where we've seen this. Right. I mean, Russia is just not up on the high list of importance, you know, foreign interference of elections. But still, it's an unforced <laughs> error. I'm not, I'm not up. <laughs> I mean, you know, put aside any personalness to yeah. any of this. This doesn't upset me on a personal level. This upsets me as a polit- political analyst. I just go, what in the heck are you doing here? Why are you saying this? This is an easy hit a home run statement from George Stephanopoulos. And instead, he just lets it go by and go, nah, I'm, whatever, I'm going to just do whatever I want to do. You could almost see it in George's face when he was asking, like, but wait a second. You don't mean, I mean, Basil has now moved. This has moved Basil. I, in terms of towards impeachment, right. this, I've seen a couple, this happened with a couple big name elected um, Democrats as well, but still not from leadership. Do you, th- what, why do you think that is? Because I'm starting to wonder if it moves them closer, but not towards impeachment, they're not at impeachment. What will get a Democrat who is elected to impeachment if it's not something like this? 
It's a really good question. I, I don't I'm know. Not, it. Uh, but I think the uh, the other argument here, the other side of the impeachment yeah. and, and them being held, him being held accountable, is there's an election mm-hmm. in 2020, yeah. and it's up to the You're voters. Right. To hold them accountable because this could take time. It will take a lot of political capital, yeah. and that's what you're hearing from kind of the Nancy Pelosi side of this. It's so not yes, just it's not just indicting him, which yes. is the impeachment. It's convicting. And him. that's what always held me back because she has to make this balance. You have these red state Democrats that mm-hmm. flip these seats. You have to protect your members first and foremost. And if you, you don't have, hold the House, you don't have correct. anything. If he wins, but what? things like this, and Amy Klobuchar saying today that she's now supporting impeachment, little by little. That's what one that's thing, what happens. One thing we should keep in mind, though, there is a certain strain of thought that thinks that Donald Trump is trying to goad Democrats into impeachment. That's That's the fight that he wants. In this case, then it's strategically sound for Trump to do this as crazy as that sounds. Yeah, welcome to the world we live in. But I also... 3D chess. Another... (laughs) (laughs) Or not at all. (laughs) Or not even a crossword. Okay. The president, on top, like, to that point, the president has a track record of finding, saying something really outrageous, more outrageous, when he wants to distract from something else. I'm stuck in this moment of trying to figure out, is this a distraction? And if it is, what is he distracting from? Is it, is it like the internal polling that everyone's talking about? I mean, it could be. He recognizes that if this election were held today, if the 2020 election were held today, which it's not, it's still about a year and a half away. We have to keep reminding ourselves of that. But if it were held today, then he would most likely lose. He needs well, to change the at, script. Look at the, forget the internal polling, right? The numbers the right now, you've got national polling, Biden's plus 20. 12 in Iowa, no, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Biden's up. Four in Texas. Yeah. Four in Texas, (laughs) a state that hasn't gone blue since 1976. He recognizes he needs to shift the script. And I think he's going to throw everything out there to try and flip it, make the Democrats make a mistake, because that at this point is the only way he'll win. It's not about what he does. It's about what the Democrats do. I, I, I don't like to say this, but I don't think Harry is wrong. I'm going to leave it um, there. Yeah, so disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. All right, great to see you guys. Thank you so much Thanks. for being here. That, friends, is the State of America this week. Be sure to listen to our podcast. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or your favorite app. We will see you back here very soon. But... Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.